German music podcast. I like it. Welcome, humans of Earth. Are you alive and well? This is the human uh, music podcast? Yeah, I think. I mean, it might just be a chit-chat if, if, if nobody's listening. But if anybody can hear this right now, it's officially a podcast, man. Woo! Human music chit-chat. Human music <laughs> chit-chat. Woo! Uh, no, not Yeehaw! a bad alt title. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What's, what's good? What's good, friends? Um, we'll start off today's episode with some recent happenings in my life. Uh, let's see, Friday of what Memorial happened, Day Rip Penny? Yeah, what happened? I was riding my mountain bike Ooh. off a jump and crashed very badly. You basically consider basically going like 15 feet up to landing on my front wheel and just pile driving into the ground as, as hard as I possibly could. Uh, broke my hip slash femur, uh, seven ribs, completely put my collarbone in two pieces and uh, punctured a lung. So I definitely, it was a high score for myself. A high, high score for myself. Um, should, I, should I bring up the the x-rays to show to show hey man all all you man that's your choice man all right all right we 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 gotta we gotta get some context here where the fuck did those go brace yourself humans (laughs) yeah man yeah i i cringed a little bit just looking at the (laughs) Uh, x-rays i've had some little injuries some some good ski crashes you know but boy howdy man all right, so here, here's savage. Here's the first one. So here's the human, the the collarbone. Normally, that's supposed to be connected right there. You can see there's like an inch gap, and where it's like, look at the skin like poking up around it. I literally, when I crashed, I literally like thought I got the wind knocked out of me for sure. Like kind of rolled onto my, rolled onto my ass, and like, f- like my shoulder hurt. So I like reached up, and I could like feel the end of the bone. Like, like poking up, not out of my skin, luckily, but like I could feel like the sharp prickly edges on the end. I was like, okay, I definitely need surgery on my collarbone. Uh, dude, luckily, wearing a motocross helmet and this thing called a Liat, a Liat brace, which protects your spine. Like my head, like I definitely got a concussion. Like everything was super bright and I was dizzy as fuck, but I, I didn't lose consciousness. I didn't throw up or anything. And my spine was fully intact and fine. Um, so... Ooh. That that is that like is the, the the best possible scenario. I'll I'll take I'll take broken bones you can fix any day. Um, Amen. So yeah, that's the call. Actually, I felt like the day after because it was it was about six days before I could get into surgery to fix the collarbone, and by like the fifth day, I was like, like, because it had to stay like that until they fucking put it back to normal. Like it kept moving like closer and closer towards each other. By the fifth day, I was like, I wonder. And I like look in the mirror and I like try to put my like shoulders side by side. And my left shoulder is like like two inches closer to the center line of my chest than than my right shoulder. It had like it had like moved over. I was like, what the fuck? So uh, yeah, now I got ten ten screws in a big old plate. 
along here. That's all fixed up. Um, let's 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 dial up the uh, let's dial up the the hip. Um, so this is the hardware I have in my hip. For y'all listening on Spotify, could watch the YouTube video or something. This is amazing. <laughs> Uh, so they had to operate on the hip before I really knew what they were going to do. Cause it was like a dangerous deal, like arteries and blah, blah, blah. They had to do it as soon as possible. So I knew that they had to like fix some shit, but I didn't know what. And then they showed me this photo afterwards and they were explaining the process of what they did. They literally made an incision up here, put a wire down through the center of the bone to like be able to pull a drill bit on that line behind it, drill through the center of the bone, attach a drill fucking behind that to like uh, basically run the drill bit th- down through the bone. And then they pull that out and take on with the wire, pull a device that they attach to the side of your hip to pound this fucking rod into the bone. And then down there, they uh, threw a screw in the side of it and then put this other long thing up through the towards the hip socket um, but yeah so that was fun um, but all of that all of that explanation really kind of to say that's what's happening in my life right now and um, there's there's definitely when you have something like this that happens in in your life that like really shakes your shit up pretty bad. Um, you, you definitely have a lot of reflective moments, right? And, and I feel like it's important for me, having gone through that recently, to remind all of you guys, um, it's never more clear ever in your life what is important to you and, and what matters most when you're in that situation where you don't, where you're very unsure of the future and you, you, you're very unsure if it's like going to be okay again. Um, and it really, it, it really hits home like viscerally hard. Like why are you wasting time doing anything that isn't exactly pushing you towards the things that you want to achieve in your time on this earth. Um, it's like, you'll, it's, it's funny when you're just doing the day to day, like how you just take so much about life for granted and you take the time for granted. And it's just really important to, to refocus on those things that matter to you. Like, you know, for me, like music, like, and everyone listening to this, I'm sure music, like, I have to make this shit happen. Like, I have to, there's no other fucking option. And that is not always that clear or important. And I, it's sad that it takes a magnitude of an event like that to kind of recrystallize that in your head. But uh, it's definitely an important thing that I think everyone should try and remind themselves of when they can even if you don't crash your bike even if you don't crash your bike even if you can still walk <laughs> even if you don't have many months of recovery in front of you uh yeah 
Hey, man, you're making the most of the situation, though, it seems. And like you said, it always leads to reflection in these moments. And, you know, always good takeaways to be reminded of. And luckily, it's nothing permanent. Yeah. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not paralyzed. I mean, even though the entire left side of my body hurts like a bitch all day, every day, I will be better. And that is the most important part. And, you know, the doctors even say the hip and the collarbone, once fully healed, will be even stronger than they were before I got all this metal. Becoming a superhuman. Six million dollar man. Superhuman Watch podcast. out, motherfuckers. Cyborg <laughs> producer coming your way. Oh, man. You're going to have to change the name of the show, bro. <laughs> <laughs> cyborg music podcast. Humans in one cyborg podcast. This is called two brothers uh, 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 <laughs> funny joke humans. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> man dude yeah man i gotta say man one thing i'm i'm really uh impressed with and take a lot of inspiration from is you maintaining your positive attitude and your your forward attitude through this you know uh, you know i'm sure you know everybody I, i've had injuries before where i had times where i was kind of down on myself and you know feeling feeling bad or you know whatever and then you know had to pull through that um and and refocus on the positive but it, it's been really dope and inspirational to me to see you keep coming back to the positivity coming back to you know reevaluating your your goals and your commitments and your you know what you want to achieve and and you've also talked about how you're making an effort to you know kind of stay in the in the positive recovery mode as opposed to the hurt mode and that yeah that's really dope that's really dope to see man thank you yeah i, I appreciate you saying that it, it's definitely one of those things that like it almost feels like a survival response to me like when i like every time that i've gotten like i've i've realistically had like three pretty bad injuries in my career of action sports this one far and away being the worst but for whatever reason like when i get when i'm at the hospital and i'm like super fucked up i like almost it's like almost a survival instinct to be really positive and nice to those around me because I know that that is how you're going to get the best treatment and how the people around you are going to want to take care of you. And also it just becomes really clear in those moments for some reason that like if you're angry and in pain, it doesn't make it any less painful maybe more maybe more right and like like if you if you just want to like wallow in your own sorrow and like yeah there were definitely moments where i was like why the fuck why did i just not just not do that jump like i didn't need to like why but then like no like that's so stupid like that like this shit is fun i do i i'm gonna continue to do this once i'm better like I, I fucked it up like pretty good like i fucked it up like really bad yeah like but what is like being angry about that do for you literally nothing mm -hmm. and if you just wallow in like the pity of like fuck i wish this didn't happen oh it's gonna take so much work to get back to where i was like you're just killing yourself man like that doesn't help the more that you just like sit there and why me like oh fuck like i'm in so much pain like oh man the world sucks like you're only making it harder for yourself 
And the more that you keep yourself in that mindset of like, poor me, oh, pity me, like you're just going to be injured longer. Like if your brain is like, oh, I'm a poor injured person and you're just feeding that stimulus all day. Poor me, I'm injured, I'm hurt. Poor me, I'm broken, I'm never going to get better. Poor me. That shit is going to become true. And so like I really, I really like constantly I'm thinking about how do I carry myself like I'm fine? Like I'm completely okay. Like, like it was, it was, it was funny. Like I got, um, I got home from the hospital like three days after the crash and I hadn't seen any of my friends and they, I I think they really expected me to be like just fucking in a terrible shape and in in terrible spirits. And I got home and I was like, what's up guys? Like, what's going on? Like, yeah, sent it a little too hard. What's good? Like, let's, let's hang out. Let's play some games. You guys are only in town for one more night. Let's, let's play some board games. Let's hang out. And they're all like, what? Like, aren't you fucking like broken as shit? And I'm like, yeah, like, and like, but not your spirit. I'm fine. Like what? Like there's being, being fucking broken and assuming that identity does fucking nothing for you. So, um, yeah, no, I think it's really, we've talked about it many times on the show, but like the power of your approach to things and your mindset and just, yeah, mindset, you gotta, you gotta fucking make your life in like you, you make your reality. You really do. And if you make your reality a, a, a fun, happy place to be, even when your body hurts, that's like, as close to like your own mental superpower as you can get like that. Like it's important to fucking when it hurts the worst to do so, that's when it's the most important to fucking double down on that type of shit. So. Amen. And so to all of our listeners out there who are sitting there paralyzed from fear to even start on a big thing that you want to do. Ooh-wee. And and worried about, oh, what if I try to make this song and it sucks? Or what if I release this song and somebody doesn't like it? Or what if I don't get as many plays as I hope to? Just think about Rip Kenny out here actually smashing his own body and laughing it off and and jumping right back on the horse and pushing through and just just take a little bit of humility real quick because hot damn you know like is it scarier for somebody to be like "Mm, i don't know if i like your tune bruh than it is to like get back on a mountain bike after you crashed it Mm -hmm. you know like is is it a life or death situation because no it's not no, it's definitely no, not. No, it's not. You know, like there's so there's so many scary things in life that as soon as you just face up to it and you push right into it, stop being scary. Yeah. And I, it's also important to note, like, it's a good reminder for myself, even like what what you just said. Exactly. Like, why? Why would you like? How would you ever have a fear of writing music because you think you're not in a creative mood today and you're going to write garbage and you're going to feel bad about it? 
Like that thought still enters my head. Mm-hmm. Like, like, oh, I'm kind of tired today. Like I have like three hours, four hours, but if I, but if I tried to make a song, maybe it would suck. And like, I just don't want, I just don't want to make something shitty today. Like, um, oh, like that fucking scared feeling still enters my head. And, and so like that, that reminder that Luke just said is so fucking important for everyone, myself included. I think that's like definitely a normal part to have that voice doubting it because I feel like it's almost the adult part of ourselves, our psyche or whatever, sort of arguing with the child part of ourselves. It's like, no, I want to play. I want to have a good time. And the adult versions is like, no, clean your act up and like straighten yourself out and, you know, be a fucking adult and like settle down. And, you know, it's just the total opposite to that creative side of yourself so yeah man they i don't think that they can like coexist really but i think having not in the same moment but i think having both is is definitely a sign that you still have that creative aspect alive and now obviously if you keep giving into it i know i'm jumping analogies here but it's like the feeding the wolves analogy it's like whatever you know, you keep feeding is what's what's going to grow stronger, keep coming back. So you can't keep giving into it. But I think, you know, like I said, having it is is a good sign that you still have the 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 yin to the yang as well. Yeah, it's like uh, so the the physical therapist from there's physical therapists that will come visit your home from the hospital. And one of the things he said to me was the longer you don't walk, the harder it's going to be. Uh-huh. And that shit really stuck with me. I literally like that night I was like fucking figuring out like how could I how could I brace myself in a way with like my arms and some other shit that I could like start to like mimic the motion of walking with no weight on my left on my left side. Mm-hmm. Like so I could fucking get get that muscles firing again and get like oh shit like I got to do my heel before my toe and shit like that. Like it seems so fucking crazy but like that's the same thing with music like if you're afraid to sit down and write music and i'm talking directly to myself here if you're afraid to sit down and write music like so regularly that it becomes a habit like because you think you don't want to write shitty music you can only write it when you're in like the right state of mind like you could be way better but you don't you don't exercise that skill as often as you could because you're throwing up mental blocks. You could be better. Uh, Amen. You got to fucking, you got to exercise those muscles. The longer you give into the fear, the more you're going to stay in the fear. The longer you don't just go write whatever music you've got, whatever ideas you've got at whatever skill level you're at, the longer you're going to be stuck right there. And backsliding you're you're gonna be actually getting worse at doing what you do the longer you don't go do it um you know this your your you know real life moment of of what that physical therapist told you echoes an injury i had when i was i don't know maybe like 22 i was uh drinking beers on somebody's roof in southern california and it was like a really short roof you know like you could reach up and touch the gutter you know, and I was sitting on the edge of the roof, dangling my feet off and I popped off and I just misjudged 
my jump didn't get my feet out in front of me and landed flat on my face in the lawn with my arm pinned beneath me and dislocated my elbow. Oh, fuck. Yeah. You know, and it was kind of like you. It was like at the first moment, people were like, oh, my God, did you break your neck? Are you hurt? I'm like, no, no, I think I'm good. You know, just knocked the wind out of me, rolled over. Like my arm is a little, and I straightened it, and it popped back in the socket. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, there was something going on there. Got an ice pack, couple more beers, went to the hospital, got some x-rays. And, you know, also this kind of ties into getting bad advice from people that don't really know. You know, you ask your friends, like, yeah, I don't know, maybe – yeah, maybe you shouldn't write some music if you're not feeling it. You, you got You can't force it. So many people say, oh, yeah, you can't force the creativity. And okay, maybe. But also, I think you're putting too much weight on the creativity and the inspiration part, whereas production is really a process. And it's, it's something repeatable where you take any idea and you take it through a set of steps called arrangement and mixing to get it to a place where it's a song. Even if it's a bad song, you just practiced all the steps that get an idea from one place to the other. And the first two doctors I went to told me, oh, you have a broken elbow and you need to be in a cast for six to eight weeks and immobilize it. And then... I talked to another doctor who is an actual specialist for elbows and we're like, oh, they told you what? Yeah, that would have screwed you up. I need to put you in a brace that is movable, that has like, that you can slowly open up your range of motion from five degrees to 10 degrees to 20 degrees over the weeks so that you can still move your elbow. Cause if you don't move your elbow little by little, you're gonna calcify it. And then it's going to take you like a year of rehab to get your full range of motion back, as opposed to six to eight weeks total to get your full range of motion back. And Mm. the longer we sit in that fear of moving forward, the more we calcify and the harder it is to start moving again. Yeah, I um, so I do like web developer stuff as well. And that's huge. When you know, when I got my first job, you know, I would talk to people would tell me about their experiences and you know just hearing from some of the older more qualified people and everybody that was sort of just getting into it like I was there's like this phase of just imposter syndrome where you know you just spent the last however many years in fairy tale land where you're you know you're being judged and and marked and it's all comes down to these numbers on this paper that that uh you know dictate how much you know and whatnot and then you come out to the real world and you're like what the fuck is going on like nothing is how you expect it and it just you know you go through that phase where you don't feel like you belong really but if you just show up every day and you just expose yourself to it more you know, I think it goes for a lot of things. We can build up tolerance and, and not only that, but actually start to enjoy those same things. So, you know, at first it might be a struggle to just do it for 10 minutes, but if you keep doing that spider hound 10 minutes a day challenge and you just, you know, keep showing up and just ingrain in your brain that you're a musician and you do this every day, it gets exponentially easier. Like it's not like doing 20 minutes is going to be twice as hard as that. You'll get to the point where eventually you're not even looking at the clock for an hour or four and you totally forgot that, you know, you've showed up every day this week and, and done this thing. Like 
you just you look forward to it because it's exciting and and you don't even have to do a full track every time too man like sometimes like my form of leisure or enjoyment is like yo let me just make some sick ass drums while i watch whatever on tv and like let me just get some background noise to fill the deafening void and let me do that one part of the process that i really enjoy even if it never becomes a song let me cook up that melody loop just because you know yeah just keep keeps your shit sharp definitely i like something that you mentioned in there is like when you when you stop realizing the time is passing that was mm-hmm. one of like the most interesting phenomenons when i was getting into music that I just knew that it was like something I wanted to do for the rest of my life because it's nothing else can put you in such a flow state for that extended period of time. Like riding my mountain bike, like doing like a five minute long downhill run, which is like still like a long run, like you're fucking tired by the end of that. It's only five minutes. And then you're sitting on the chairlift chatting with your buddies and stuff when you're in the flow state for that like it's like magical but it doesn't last that long um making music like you'll have hours and hours pass and you don't even realize the world is still turning you thought it was like five minutes and then it's like four in the morning and you still didn't write that fucking essay that's due today you're like oh fuck like i didn't even know this was what kind of wizardry is this like what the fuck just happened like i love that it's like really special moment Um, man one thing um about essays do you ever feel like you write some of your best shit when you have like a very pressing deadline and something totally unrelated and you're like i have to get this thing done but this idea is so dank. I'm going to push it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, honestly, I, when, when I was... So I started making music my junior year of college. And I would write, like, some of my favorite music. I mean, it was still pretty garbage back then. But I loved it at the time, obviously, as we all do. Uh, I would write some of my best music, like, at fucking 3 a.m. in the library when I had something due, you know? Because it's like... <laughs> Fuck, like I could be doing that. Or look, Ableton's on my computer. Oh. And you just like open that shit. Like, oh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna noodle around for like 15 minutes, take the stress off, and then I'm gonna start working. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh fuck. Yeah, isn't it funny now how you know we had to convince ourselves to write for 15 minutes and now it's like your your mind is like oh yeah just sit down for 15 minutes like just get that idea out and you like can't even trust that voice anymore because yeah like, fuck if i sit down for 15 minutes man like i gotta be prepared not even for sure but i gotta be prepared that the next four hours i don't got shit going on yeah One yeah minute. man there'll be times where i'll like be coming out of the shower and get a little idea like, oh yeah, man. Let me just let me just lay this down before I forget it. Next thing you know, I'm like, why am I so cold? Oh, it's because I'm sitting at my computer in a towel with dripping wet hair still. Like two hours later, halfway done with this song, I'm just like, Ugh. okay, <laughs> maybe now's a good time to just take a quick pause and like towel my hair off and put a shirt on so that I can get back to this idea. Fucking maybe, off. eh? Uh, yeah. maybe 
So, um, man, I feel like too, if you're, you know, if you're going to the gym and working out and stuff, like every time I'm getting back into it, like the first like session or two, I know, I know staying that full hour, hour and a half, like I, like I do when I'm fully in routine feels like fucking agony, bro. But if I put in 30 minutes a day for two days and my mind just sort of kicks back in that routine of getting stimulated in that way, then like hour flies by no problem hour and a half, you know, and it's not even a concern. You're fully in the zone, but it just takes that initial, like greasing the groove to like, just get you into it. Yeah, man. Yo, this is actually reminding me. Last episode, we brought up that we were going to accountability each other on three workouts a week. <laughs> so, turns out, Rip Kenny, your assignment is continue physical therapy on whatever schedule that's about. I'm supposed to be doing my physical therapy exercises two to three times a day, and I've been consistently doing them five. Hey. So, Hey, there's my workouts. Yeah, and continuing the theme of Rip Kenny over delivering <laughs> on our challenges. Oh my god. <laughs> That's what's up. You're an inspiration, uh, yeah, bro. Yeah, by over delivering you mean of the ten. You guys have done zero and I've done one. That's the that's the concept. No, two challenges <laughs> now. Okay. You're in the lead. Hey, bro, I mean you're you're in the lead. <laughs> I'll, I'll Although, take small win. Although I did, I did uh, open up my app, my Fit On app, and do do yoga routines uh, a few times a week since we since we uh, laid that out. So I'm proud of myself for doing that. I definitely got to do more. I like slept funny on my pillow the other night and got this like weird crick in my neck that lasted two whole days. Like just like uh, uh, just stretch it out. Let's go. Oh, man. And then, of course, I'm sure it doesn't help that all of the time I'm, like, doing this computer pose. Oh, my God. God, <laughs> I feel right, man. The I, saw, I saw this picture that I just related with so hard, man. And I feel like posture is something everybody, you know, could take a bit more seriously. But it was this meme. Posture, break, posture break. Everyone listening yeah, to this. I know. I just sit your shit up. Posture. Sit your shit up. <laughs> It was, uh, it was just, you know, text was like, why does my back hurt so much? And it's a picture of a shrimp sitting at a computer, like perfectly shaped. <laughs> oh, don't laugh that hard. Fuck, dude, that hurt. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's man. super easy. That hard. <laughs> super easy to like stop paying attention to that shit once you get into flow state, man. Yeah, but uh, you know, sure like we you know. like we talk about, <laughs> like we talk about, the more you do something, the easier it is to keep doing it. You know, when I first became aware of my bad posture and first started thinking about it, it was really hard for me to even figure out like what does a sitting up straight even feel like? What mm-hmm. what what do you mean put my shoulders down? I've never done that. Like, <laughs> but you know, after focusing on it more and and you know doing more yoga, doing more stretching, becoming aware of what my back muscles actually are and how I can use them, it's now easier. I mean, still find myself sitting in terrible posture quite often you know just keep sliding down keep sliding back you know like oh crap oh crap i i got mm-hmm. to back up you know you but, looking like the, the the world of warcraft guy from south park yeah mom hot pockets <laughs> but you know the more you sit up straight the easier it is to sit up straight the more you show up 
and just write whatever idea you have out and, and try arranging it and mixing it, the easier it is to do that. The, you know, the more you go into what you're afraid of, the easier it is to overcome fear in general. So yeah, just, man, exactly. building these patterns and this consistency. Exactly. Like you said, for the posture, man, the only reason the bad posture is easier is because most of us have practiced it incorrectly the wrong way for so long. And, you know, on that same note, making sure that your practice is deliberate. And when you show up, you have a plan. Because I think too, you know, if you just show up and open Ableton, you don't know what you're doing. I say definitely have sessions where you just show up and noodle around. But you know, if you're trying to write a song and you haven't even identified how everything fits together and what order you're going to tackle this problem in and come up with some sort of, you know, game plan, you're going to shoot yourself in the foot there. And um, one quote I really like, I've been thinking about a lot recently, actually, now that I think about it, is um, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. And hey, man. who said that, man, but it's it's everything that hour or two or four of preparation that feels like fucking forever is going to save you exponentially more in the future. And, you know, we've talked about it before, but that's one of the things that separates humans from other animals is that we can, you know, weigh out these sort of costs and think into the future. So definitely, definitely, definitely in all aspects of your life, but you know, for sure production, like start thinking about these things and how you can set yourself up. Don't, don't, don't produce like this guy. (laughs) Shit. Like this guy. Uh, For all you guys listening on Spotify, you're going to have to watch the clip on YouTube, but. (laughs) Oh man. Good shit, man. Yo, I looked it up. Turns out that is a Benjamin Franklin quote. So shouts out to Ben Franklin. Shout out to boy Benny. It was good. (laughs) Flying them kites. Amen. You did. Yeah, man. You know, we, we've been talking about, you know, being worried about showing up and making that crappy music. And uh, a good good friend of ours, Shoes from the Dojo, uh, a producer of mine out here in Seattle. He's He's been brought up on a podcast before, one-fourth of Ray of Gravy with, with me and, and Rip Kenny and Nintendo. Get him on here. Yeah, we got to get him on here ASAP. But uh, we had a session. He came over last night for the first time uh, since quarantine started. And we met in 2017 and immediately started making music together because, you know, we met at, met at a Levitate show. We're like, oh, you like bass music? I like bass music. You like smoking weed? I like smoking weed. Let's be buddies. And uh, and he ended up coming over. We, we made a bunch of tracks. We've got this big collab folder. And... We, aside from the one Rave Gravy track that we made at the end of last year with, with two more people helping us, that, that is the only track that we've actually released as a collab duo among like 25 other sessions that we have in the collab folder. Yep. Like for real, for real, just show up and make stuff because last night the first 30 minutes of our session was just opening the files and like most of them were just laughing at how bad they were 
or like being like, well, you know, it's like that loop has some potential. And, you know, I mean, like I kind of dig the piano part or, oh, yeah, you know, the, the drum groove is actually pretty good on this one. But God, that lead is trash, you know, and like laughing together yeah. and joking about that. And then we finally opened one. We're like, oh, you know, actually, I kind of remember this one. This one oh, is, that, is that the one with like the wonky drums and like the saw swoopy bass noises. I don't know. Y- y'all played one when we were on tour in Montana at that bar uh the big ass bar i don't know it was like swoopy and wonky and like had a lot of like saw bass patches oh that, that one, one is uh who you gonna call now that who you gonna call man yeah uh no we actually didn't open that one we opened that's probably our best one we, we ever did finish that one dude i mean yeah I- for real that one i mean that one was by far the best one we did together uh we ended up opening like the second best one we had done this one called 150 the lyric was, uh, if you're running, you better give 100. But if you're running with me, you better give 150. <laughs> and we always dug Funny. that, and we thought the the drop was one of the coolest we had ever done. But opening it last night, we are like, all right, let's throw this into the new mix template. Now that we're better at mixing and we know the process, took it through the process we've learned at the dojo, and got it all mixed out, and then started A, B, and comparing it to other dojo songs, like listening to some unk tracks and some medicine tracks, and like, all right, how, how are we stacking up? And realized, you know what? The vocals and the leads all need to be completely replaced. But like the the nugget of the song, the idea was there. So I ended up after he left, re-recording the vocal, and re. Uh, by the way, picking some sweet, sweet serum patches that Rip Kinney made for this uh, top secret project that's coming My up. Uh, you know, I'll tease the name. It's the Portal Serum Pack. Oh yeah, and also check out the description for that. Get dead, goodness. Oh uh, yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah, man. Make sure you get that. Uh, but, yeah, so I ended up picking a few of those sweet serum patches and just replaying in new sounds all of the general vibes that were going on in the song with completely new sounds that sound way better. And so, you know, long story to bring it back around to what I'm actually talking about is don't be afraid to show up and write the shitty ones because, one, you're getting better. Two, you're you're building up a catalog of ideas like some of those beats we opened up were like there was a chunk of it that i'm like you know what the drop didn't work but the actually the intro could totally be a rap beat let's just like take that part and make it into a rap beat next session and then sometimes the idea that you put down is so good that you can come back to it three years later and be like okay now we know how to actually finish this one there's going to be some sound replacement there's going to be some re-recording there's going to be a rearranging and remixing but now we know how to take this cool idea and if we had been too afraid to show up because we didn't know how to finish a song on that day in 2017 i wouldn't have had this cool song today in 2020 so Show up and make shitty shit because every once in a while you get a gold nugget out of it. Yeah, that that's, you guys totally hit the nail on the head. Actually, I like I, I still look up to you, Luke, as being as being someone that's never afraid to just fucking do the fucking thing. Like <laughs> not no more. You just jump in and do the shit. I love that about you. Um, Thanks, and man. one of the things that you mentioned that really is important is like going back through those old whips and just grabbing the good shit out of them. Cause there's good shit in there for sure. Like if you made a full song, at least one of the things in that song is worth bouncing. Like, I mean, maybe like, maybe it's just the drums. Like maybe it's just that drum pattern. So go in there, 
bounce your full drum loops as kick, snare, hi-hats, and percussion. And now you have a four-piece drum loop that you can mix and match. And then also take the MIDI and export those MIDI grooves if it's in MIDI and make yourself a folder, 140 BPM, sick triplet swing drum groove, right? And then you got four drum parts worth of MIDIs. Like there's always stuff that you can be extracting from those old projects. And in the moment, you likely didn't already do that. Like almost 100% sure. Like you, you, you didn't stop working on that song that one night in August 2018 and go, you know, I'm probably never going to open this up again. I should save every part out of here. No, you definitely did not do that. Mm-mm. Like just fucking if you're not if you're not feeling it someday just open up some old shit see what's in there you'll probably get inspired by some of it grab all your favorite bits recycle everything that you can and uh and fucking use it as your new sparks folder or something like that you know yeah i call that process sample farming in fact i took all i mentioned it before but i'll mention it again because it's important i took all of my old unfinished whips dumped them into a folder called it sample farm and now every once in a while, late at night or when I don't have a ton of time to really write a track, I'll just open that up and start clicking on sessions and be like, ooh, I like those chords, export. Ooh, cool percussion loop, export. Ooh, that's a nice little lead. Let me EQ that a bit, throw a compressor on there, export. And then once I've got everything that I like out of the session, I just delete it. You know, of course, like figure out what key it was in label it with the key and the bpm and now you've got a sparks folder that could be a collab sparks folder if your friend hits you up and is like collab bro be like here's a zip file of like nine ideas that you could run with here's some chords here's some leads here's a weird bass thing like just you know now you've got them immediately accessible for your project or somebody else's it's powerful yeah i love that I think I think that's one thing that like a lot of people like internalize. They're like, yeah, that's really smart. And then never do it. Like, yeah, you got to do that shit. You have to have a Sparks folder. If you don't have anything to start with. You're, yeah, you're- man, every every serious artist has to have some sort of catalog of ideas at various states that, you know, you could show up to any sort of session. You know, in most cases, you're just going to be dealing with yourself. But if you know you have a co-writing session coming up and you just sift through those files and you find, you know, some half finished ideas that you that are open for somebody else to come on and and there's room for them to do their thing. That is worth so much in that moment, even though, you know, right now it's sitting on your hard drive and it's not too valuable because you don't want to revisit it. But, you know, like just setting up some sort of session like that in the future where you bring these unfinished pieces just will instantly increase the value of this material that you're just sitting on. And it'll be a very fun experience for both of you to work on this sort of thing. Now, that being said, you know, I said various stages, because if you have too little, like I'm not going to do shit with your eight bar loop that you sent me for like not even a full instrument, but also if it's too finished, you know, I've definitely had people bring me songs or I brought songs where they're like, yeah, this sounds pretty done to me. I don't know what I do here. And we end up starting something from scratch. So, you know, yeah, that's 
Having those midway finished songs, perfect for co-writing. Having the more finished songs you're not going to release, bounce that shit out, add it to your library. If it's more in the beginning, I'm sure there's some stuff you could save there too. And now it's like for every sort of stage of the process where you're leaving tracks unfinished, which by the way, they'll sort of funnel down from, you know, more general ideas down to all of the songs that you want to work on versus the ones that get finished versus the ones that get released. But you know, all of those tunes, like there's been tunes uh, like one me and a friend wrote recently that never got released two years later, he's ghost producing for somebody. It fits perfectly. We each get a few hundred out of it. Awesome. Right. Awesome. And, and it came at such a nice time for me. Cause I totally forgot all about that tune but because it was sitting at that stage in the process it was ready to go you know that opportunity presented itself i feel like i'm running around this point a bit but you know i really want to emphasize how important it is to just have this catalog of music because you know this is the business that you're in and you know sometimes you don't want to play the game fully through you just want to jump to level five and run it to the finish lines so and you never have that ready you never know when those whips will just end up in $200 worth of blunts. You know? <laughs> yeah. You never for know. For real, for real. I mean, you know, you talk about, you know, like, oh, sometimes you don't want to work with the eight bar loop, but sometimes like I've, I've been in situations, uh, there was this, uh, uh, there was this thing that was happening around the country called Collab Lab, where a bunch of producers and writers would get together and make beats and hooks to pitch to artists. And, I was working with my guy Hayden, uh, who's now in Bounce Gang with me, Hayden THC, and he was just handing me these eight bar loops. I was like, man, it's got like five elements. I made this eight bar loop one day. I just ran out of steam. I know it's got potential. I don't know what to add. And I listened to it and I'm like, oh, like I just hear exactly how I'm going to arrange this. And 15 minutes later, it's an entire beat. All I had to do was add like one little element like, oh, I thought of a baseline or something, you know, like, but every other piece of it was there and he had run out of steam on it, but I was coming in completely fresh and I hear this idea and I'm like, oh my God, that's incredible. I love the groove. Whoosh, it's a beat mm-hmm. just because I practiced doing that part of it so many times and yeah. I was coming in completely fresh and unattached to the project. And then he hears it and was like, oh damn, yeah, that's killer. And then all of a sudden he sparked to write a hook to it. And and then it's like, oh, wow, now this is like an actual thing that we can go pitch. Um, it's a real song. You know, we, we've been pitching it for, you know, since last fall and it, it hasn't landed anywhere. Now we're kind of talking about, man, dude, uh, I, I like how your voice sounds on it. Maybe we should just uh, release it as your track. Mm-hmm. That's Oops. sick, man. Yeah, um, I think it's worth noting, too, like what really opened up my eyes lately in the hip hop world, you know, which I've been diving into a lot is seeing that there's kids out there getting signed for just melodies. There's kids out there just making drums, you know? And now obviously there's people that just do vocal mixing and just do, you know, whatever, whatever, all these individual parts of the process. But, you know, it's worth remembering that like, these are actual dedicated roles that, you know, people in the industry that are doing these roles, they specialize in just this one thing. They specialize in just sound design. They specialize in just making eight to 16 bar loops with four or five layers on them that can be arranged into a beat. And, you know, when you're thinking about opportunities as far as what you want to do, 
I'm sure there's a lot of artists out there that want to, you know, just write their own music, but it's something to consider that there's people out here making whole careers off of, you know, basically what you just said, Luke, like that eight bar loop. If you look in the, in the hip hop world of the music industry and you type in like free trap loop, free hip hop loop, whatever people are giving away like free packs by like a hundred, 200 melodies or like weekly giveaways on melodies. And it's just, you know, totally different game there. That is what some of those people say. Like, I want to be a melody maker and that's what they excel at. So, Mm -hmm. you know, all of these are rabbit holes that you could go down and just like a video game, every time you level up, you get five skill points. That's kind of like your time. You only got so much of it. And, um, you know, I guess in real life you could piss away all of it. Or if you want to allocate it into a specific skill, you know, go into what really inspires you and what you really feel like you got strength in, in doing, you know, and, and, uh, you and can regardless, make just that. And regardless, don't, don't let the game end before you have found your muse. You got to get out there and fucking do that shit. You got to experiment. You got to go maybe experiment making hip hop beats and see if that's what you like, but don't be afraid at any point to make any creative move. Cause it's not life or death. It's just art and it can be good. It can be bad. But like we've talked about, there are so many different ways that you can use the bad shit that you made, that you can reformat the shit that you thought would have no purpose, that you can start a collab with that one beat you got halfway and got pissed off on, you know, like just keep keep at it and and never fucking stop chasing your your purpose. You know, Amen. facts. And then once you stop chasing it and start living it, never stop living that purpose. Damn right, son. That sounds like a podcast to me. All right, humans. I appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Stay safe out there. Wear wear your helmets and your Leah braces. And your masks. And your masks. Whether whether it's because there's COVID in the air or because there's a dumpster fire we call the entire western half of the United States on fire. Um, wear a mask because the air is not that good right now. Be safe. <laughs> yeah. Make it, to, motivation. Make, it to next, gang, gang. Make, it, make it to next week with us. Peace among worlds. Yeah. Humans. Woo. I like it. What's up, humans? Thank you so much for listening to the Human Music Podcast. We truly appreciate you. In fact, we made you a gift. Click on the link in the episode description to get our new sample pack for free. It has some of our favorite basses, FX, percussions, and Foley sounds to instantly level up your productions. As always, remember to rate and subscribe, and we'll get back at you with a new episode every Tuesday. Peace, and peace among worlds.